Imagine taking your sick infant or toddler to the clinic or the emergency room. Maybe your child has a high fever or a cough that you don't like the sound of. Shortly after you arrive, your child starts having convulsions and seizing, followed by death. Or what if you're just going to your clinic for your child's routine checkup? Maybe your child just had an operation and you're having a follow-up appointment. But shortly after the examination, your child develops a fever and dies due to cardiac arrest or a pulmonary embolism. All of these things are terrible and tragic, but one nurse did all she could to help save your child, and she tells you that she's deeply sorry for your loss, and then takes your child to the morgue. Unfortunately, this happened to several families who brought their children to Bexar County Hospital while Janine Jones was working the 2 p.m. to 11 shift, otherwise known as the death shift. Welcome to the Season 2 finale of Case Closed. I am your host, Shane, and today we have a doozy of a case to talk about. The case of the Angel of Death, Janine Jones. While this case is very prolific and horrendous, there isn't a lot of information about the specifics of these crimes. There are a lot of dots that can be connected, but due to evidence being destroyed, there's not a lot of concrete proof of the things that Jones has done. But without further ado, let's get into it. On July 13, 1950, Janine was adopted by Gladys and Dick Jones, who had adopted three other children, one being younger than Janine. Dick Jones was a gambling addict and a serial entrepreneur. He started several businesses ranging from nightclubs to billboard sign painter. But all of his businesses failed due to his gambling addiction and his tendency to be free spending. Growing up, Janine was a loner. She always felt left out and sought her parents' approval. She craved attention so badly that she often feigned being sick so her mother would care for her. In her early teens, Janine was further separated from her peers because she was short and overweight. She was also known to have a very short temper, as well as to lie and manipulate people. When she was 16 years old, Janine's younger brother Travis died in an accident. He was building a bomb and it blew up in his face. He was only 14 years old. Less than a year later, Janine's father died from cancer. This left the young girl devastated. And reportedly, Janine made a very big scene at both of these funerals and was feeding off the attention she got from those around her. 
Seeking security in life, at age 19, Janine married her high school sweetheart, a dropout named James. Her mother met this with resistance during the whole process and was against the marriage. In the end, Janine won out, but seven months after her marriage, James left to join the Navy. Angered and spiteful, Janine had several affairs while her husband was away. She often bragged about her exploits to friends and locals and really anyone who would listen. Her mother urged her to seek out a career, so Janine started beauty school. When her husband James came back, they had a son together. But in 1977, four years into their marriage, they got a divorce. They did have a brief reconciliation, and during that time, Janine became pregnant with their second child. Though she loved both of her children, she left them in the care of her mother. Janine became a beautician and got a job at a hospital, doing hair and nails of patients. She was incredibly smitten with the doctors. She loved the power they had, as well as the mystery of what they did. To get closer to them, Janine went through a year's worth of training to become a vocational nurse. Once she was certified, she entered the medical world. Her first job only lasted eight months because she had a habit of trying to make decisions that should have come from a doctor. She would tell new nurses to report to her, even though she was not the head nurse. The final straw was her being rude to patients. She did find other employment on October 30th, 1978, in the intensive care unit of Bexar County Medical Center Hospital's pediatric unit. Again, Janine tried to take matters into her own hands and make decisions without input from doctors. She also skipped several mandatory classes, would stay past her shift, disobey orders for the sake of doing what's right for the child, and even administered the wrong medication to some children. She should have been fired several times, and would have, but the head nurse was fond of her. This protection from the head nurse made Janine even more bold, and she would be crass and rude to her co-workers. Several of them either quit or sought transfers to get away from her. During a two-year period, Janine made at least 30 trips to the outpatient ward because of feeling ill, but she was never diagnosed with anything. In 1981, Janine Jones' request to be put in charge of the very sick children was granted. Dr. James Rabatham was very impressed with her above and beyond approach and admired her for continually taking the responsibility of delivering the bodies of children to the hospital morgue. Nobody else wanted to do it and she was always ready and willing. She was the go-to nurse for any child that was beyond routine. But shortly after she became the lead, kids started dying from non-fatal conditions. This began happening so often during Janine's shift that co-workers started referring to it as the death shift. Supposedly not knowing this, Janine Jones at one point stated, They're gonna start thinking I'm the death nurse. <laughs> when a child was very sick and appeared to be close to death, Janine would walk around very cryptic and announce, Tonight's the night. It appeared as though she took pleasure in announcing the death of a child to the parents. She also enjoyed the march to the morgue. 
after three infant deaths due to drug overdose. The hospital became very concerned. Dr. Batham was suspicious of Jones and reported her to administration, requesting an investigation. His request was denied, though, due to the hospital not wanting any bad publicity. In fact, they destroyed some of Jones' records just to make sure. They did, however, transfer her out of the pediatric ward. She blew up over this and quit her job. But due to her not having any ill records, it wouldn't take long until she found her way into another pediatric clinic. In 1982, Dr. Kathleen Holland was setting up a clinic in Kerrville, Texas, and hired Jones despite being warned by Dr. Batham. Within the first few months of the clinic being open, at least seven children were rushed from the clinic to a hospital due to seizures. Fortunately, these children all survived. At one point, Jones tried convincing Dr. Holland to add an intensive care ward to the pediatric center. She was denied. Holland told her there was no need for one because there wasn't enough sick children to warrant it. To which Jones responded, They're out there. All you have to do is find them. These frequent incidents certainly were a cause for concern and raised several eyebrows within the hospital. Dr. Holland didn't really think much of it. She assumed they were just a lot of sick children being brought to her. That all changed when one-year-old Chelsea McClellan died. She was brought in for a checkup, and Janine brought in two syringes, which she assured Chelsea's mother were just routine shots. After the first shot, Chelsea appeared to have trouble breathing. Her mother asked Jones to stop, but Jones ignored her. After the second injection, the girl stopped breathing altogether. An ambulance was called, and Jones picked up Chelsea and rushed her to the ambulance. Once she arrived at the hospital, she was intubated, but it was too late. She had already died in her mother's arms on the way. Chelsea's mother recalls her daughter moaning and whining, and then looking her in the eye, trying to say, Mama, but couldn't get past the mmm sound, and then she passed. An investigation was launched after this death. The hospital had specifically inquired about succinocholine, a drug that is used as anesthesia. When used inappropriately, it is fatal. Upon a stock check, Dr. Holland found that there was one bottle missing and two others were full, but one had prick marks in the seal. These two turned out to have been replaced with saline solution. Only Janine Jones had access to the medical storage cabinet. Jones was arrested and brought to trial. On February 15, 1984, Janine Jones was charged for only one murder, that of Chelsea McClellan, to which she was sentenced 99 years in prison. She was also charged with 60 years for attempted murder of an infant boy who survived despite Janine trying to kill him twice. It would later be revealed that Jones had Munchausen syndrome, also known as a savior complex. She liked being a hero and liked the attention she would get from saving a child from the brink of death. This is what she was trying to do with these children, put them to the brink of death and bring them back 
and be regarded as a hero. In 2017, Jones was approaching a date of parole. To fight this, she was indicted with five other charges of murder. Despite her best efforts, the judge would not drop these charges, and she was held up in the system. On January 16, 2020, Jones pleaded guilty to the murder of 11-month-old Joshua Sawyer and was given another life sentence. But she will be eligible for parole when she is 87 years old. Janine Jones is suspected to have killed up to 60 children and babies during her lifetime. Will she eventually be free? Or will she be charged again and kept in prison for the rest of her life? Before we end season two here, let's hear a quote from Janine Jones, also known as the Angel of Death. Whilst addressing a board for her parole, she said, I will take the opportunity to apologize to the board and the nurses it represents for the damage I did to it because of my crime. My only defense is that I was not a sound mind then or at any time before 1994. I look back on what I did and agree with you that I was heinous, that I was heinous. I pray that someday you will forgive me also. And that's Case Closed. Thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate you coming and spending some time with me. I just want to say it's been a pleasure for season two, and I'm looking forward to season three, and I hope you'll all be back. But in the meantime, why don't you take a listen to some other Raving Lunatic shows like Sci-Fi Malady or Case of the Chills or Cold Case Chase. Season 3 is coming out sometime in the near future. And of course, Zodiac Task Force. If you would like to audition to be in this show or any of the other shows here on Raving Lunatic Media, make sure you join the Discord. If you would like to support this podcast further, there is a link in the description. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Instagram and Twitter at Zodiac Task Force at Raving Lunatic Media and I will talk to you next time.